0: Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Mara. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for joining me this morning to talk about kindness. I don't know if there's any other word that describes godness other than kindness. That's especially when you, um, if you are brave enough or willing enough. Excuse me, I have congestion. If you're brave enough or willing enough to call God love. Perhaps there's no grander word in our lives than love. Perhaps there's no grander word in the world than love. Perhaps there's no grander question in life than what would love do now. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, the effects of doing what love would do now. The effect of asking ourselves a simple question, uh, what would Jesus do in my situation? What would Mohammed do in my situation? What would Yahweh do in my situation? What would Allah do in my situation? And how often do we fail to ask ourselves that question Do we allow ourselves to be consumed with the money issues of the world and not share? Because we're fearful there won't be enough for us. And yet, how do we know the person that we're passing on the street corner is not an angel? And that the gift we give will be multiplied like the loaves, the bread, and the fish. And that we would benefit from that multiplication. How do we know? So as we move into the uh, show today, let us begin with some meditation together. I'm hoping we do a little more meditation today than we were able to last week. That usually means that I've been talking too much, so I'm going to aim to not talk so much this week. Uh, I would like to hear your voices too. The call-in number is 646-595-3584. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this important topic of kindness of godness, of loveness. The um, music that we're going to listen to just to begin to get ourselves in shape and ready is in IELTS Be Still Thy Soul. Excuse me just a second. <laughs> Am I, as I have said so many, many um, mornings, this particular piece of music talks about what is within each of us. It's a song that we should listen to, attend to the words, and then begin to ignite the light within us. And quite frankly, there is no way to ignite that light that is better than leading in love. Now, most of you have listened to this show before. Some of you have not. And so let me tell you a little bit about how I suggest you breathe. <laughs> the goal, no matter how you're going to breathe. Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean this lady's going to tell me how to breathe? I know how to breathe. Of course, you do. What I'm talking about is breathing to get into a meditative stance, a place. Where you are connected. Your breath is flowing one with God's breath. That's what I'm talking about. So now what we do is we want to have a long breath. What happens though, for many people, they begin focusing so very much on the breath that they miss completely miss the peace. They miss the peace. Because, and there are some who believe if you focus on prana, on breath, and you just keep focusing on breath, that ultimately you will come to a place of peace. However, I think that may take a long time because my experience has been with people talking to me about their experiences, that what happens is they will take that breath, pulling the breath in, and then when they're coming to that place where they're going to begin uniting with God, they become worried because they don't think they can hold their breath anymore. So all they think about is holding their breath. I have to hold my breath. I have to hold my breath. And it becomes a struggle rather than the peaceful journey that it is. Now, the second issue that happens for people during meditation is very natural. And that is that your mind will begin to drift as you start moving into this place of peace to matters that are out there, the chaos of life. And what I encourage you to do when a thought comes across your head that's not related to what you're meditating about, that disturbs your peace, that requires you to step away from peace, it's interesting how our human form doesn't want to allow us the peace of connection, all one with love with God. But when you get those thoughts, just put them off to the side and allow them to be resolved by the meditation without thought. What an idea that there are things in life that can just be resolved on their own without the need of your and my participating. Yes, there are. So in order to get a long breath, what I encourage people to do is, first of all, learn the art of sipping in breath. That is just pulling in a little bit more breath without letting go of your breath, without destroying the momentum of your moving into one breath with God. So that when you release your ultimate breath, it is a breath that is combined with the divine spirit of all that is. But what I encourage you to do in getting to that place is practice like a singer. Just breathe in a little bit more air. Then you don't have to have that feeling that you're going to run out of air. And you haven't pulled in all the air you need at the very beginning so that then you have to hold your breath. This way you're allowing your breath come in naturally and slowly. I also encourage people to act as though their noses are in the soles of their feet. Because when your nose is in the sole of your feet, it's a long way to your lungs. So if you take in a breath, let's try this. If you take in a breath, pulling it up the front, Of your calves, up the front of your thighs, coming now and crossing over to your hips to your tailbone, and that is the base chakra. That is the zone of your fear. And so I'd like you to release all of your fears back into the earth from which they came. And now pull your fearless breath up into the sacral chakra, the zone of creativity, both creative thoughts, expansive thoughts, growth spots, wonderful, wonderful thoughts of things that can be done for humanity as well as, yes, as well as creation of children and life itself. So now, Allow your breath to stay in the zone of creativity for just a moment. And, excuse me, I'm so sorry. And ask that breath, pull that breath. Ask it to now invigorate your body with creative energy as you pull fearless, creative breath up forward into your solar plexus, the area between, kind of just below your belly button and up toward your top of your ribs, the zone of healing. Yes, every one of us with has within us the healing power, healing for ourselves and healing for others. Allowing dis-ease, D-I-S, new word, E-A-S-E, to leave our body and to relax in acceptance of the moment and what is. So now you're going to pull your fearless, creative, healing breath up and you're going to come to a zone that may need healing, your heart. We all love so much and we love so easily and so often we may begin treating that love more important than us because it makes us feel so good we want to keep it. And what I hope we get through this program is we all work on our own self-love we all learn to share all that we are with others. We all learn the act of kindness. And with kindness comes forgiveness. And with kindness comes allowing, letting out without an expectation of return. Without recognition, forgiving. giving. That's a huge one. Maybe we'll have time to talk about that more. But as we're sitting here right now with our fearless, creative, healing energy, and we're healing our heart, which is a beautiful green, green color, imagine just a beautiful, beautiful orb of love coming out of your heart and moving up. Into the air around you, filling your space with love. And then pulling your fearless, creative, healing, loving breath up, come to your voice chakra, the throat chakra. The place where wars are started within our lives, within our families, where we say things without thinking that live on for millions and millions of years, words that are never forgotten, we aren't very cautious with our words. We many times will say unkind words and then. Those unkind words will raise doubts, which will raise more doubts, which will raise more doubts, like the domino theory of doubts. And for right now, as you're pulling your fearless, creative, healing, loving energy up, let's love ourselves and forgive us for ourselves for our ill-spoken words and forgive others so that we cleanse the voice chakra of the negative effects of the past, which are gone. Now, pulling your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, cleansing, breath up, come to the space between your eyes, the third eye, the zone of manifestation. You're sipping in, you're sipping in your breath, and I know this is a long, and especially because I'm coughing through it and I apologize. And then you sit in the zone of manifestation. As you relax there in that place, know that you have the power over you alone. If any of you are parents, recall those times when your children were doing exactly what they wanted to do, which was always probably. I'm trying to think when that wasn't really the case. Sometimes I could cow them down, but for the most part, they were their own beings. And it's learning to accept each being's individual, unique journey through life, including your own. And now manifesting into today, You, as this fearless, creative, loving, care, excuse me, healing, loving, forgiving being who's reaching out to mankind in love, see yourself as that and know that you are the creator of your own world. And now, I'd like you to pull your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving. Manifesting breath up. Do so as you reach the top of your head, the crown chakra. Imagine your head opening like a baseball cap lifting off. And you're joining your breath with the breath of God and all that is. You're going through a piper tubing and you can feel the energy of God transfusing your breath with light. And then breathe out. I am loved. And I'm going to ask that you do this for three minutes and 40 seconds. I encourage you to get three deep breaths in because that is almost crucial to allowing your body to relax and to join one with love. It's God. And as you finish your first breath, reach out your hand and take the hand of God as you know God to be. And as you breathe out on your second breath, I am loved. Reach out and take the hand of your neighbor's God. Three minutes and forty seconds, please. Your mantra for this, as you're breathing in, is I am kind and loving and as you are breathing out I am loved Make me one source of light. What a wonderful, wonderful realization when you can make it. Make me one source of light. That each and every one of us is a source of light. And can we imagine this planet, if we would all ignite that light at the same time. If we would all have that orb that is surrounding you currently. If that could become the dominant appearance around the world. If those images that we see in Renaissance art and some Middle Age art of there being a halo around one's head. If one's light was shining through so much that others could see it. And I dare to suggest to you they can, even if they don't see it in a light form. They see it within you. The Dalai Lama says, this is my simple religion. There is no need for temples, no need for complicated philosophy. Our own brain, our own heart is our temple. The philosophy is kindness. The philosophy is kindness. Now today we're going to talk overcoming hardship with kindness, because I think that many times uh we most of us try to be kind all the time and in fact envision ourselves as being kind all the time. but the reality is that we are oftentimes uh, pull allowed ourselves to go into the chaos of life, and as we move into that chaos we become vulnerable to all the influences of unkindness. Because most of the chaos in life that we see is chaos related to people trying to make the world the way they want it to be rather than accepting the world as it is. And then there's no nothing wrong with trying to bring change about in the name of love, change that is uplifting, change that brings people together, change that inspires people. That's even what we're trying to do here right now. But there is something in our individual lives when we try to manipulate people into fitting into a form that is our form our way of doing things, rather than looking for the ultimate goal, we instead look at how people arrive at that goal, the individual characteristics. And many times in that process, rather than loving others as we should love ourselves, we end up telling people To love us more, to love our method more, our way of accomplishing things more. And as we go through that process, we begin to become enmeshed in the tension of trying to create a moment that is exactly the moment that is perfectly what we believe it should be. Now, on the other hand, if we guide through kindness and example, Ideally, if in fact our ultimate conclusion is the right ultimate conclusion, people will begin to follow our role model. They will. They will. And most things that are worth fighting for are designed to end unkindness. But to act as though none of us have unkind moments, except those who don't believe as we believe, would be to be delusional. We all say things that could be better said. And many times we do not go back to correct them. We all engage in actions that are best left unengaged. Every one of us does these things because we are all imperfect beings. Now, I am not encouraging people, nor would I ever encourage people to turn a blind eye to man's inhumanity to man. And that is a noble cause, and that is a cause worth raising one's voice about. But in the end, in the end, the choice is an individual choice. once informed, do I participate or do I not participate in this inhumane behavior? And when we do not live by example showing how humane behavior can make a difference, when we make it look as though it is impossible for all of us to act humanely, then we create the stage for a world dominated by inhumanity. So how do we go about dealing with kindness in life, just in life, and overcoming our own individual day-to-day issues? What do we do? How will we go about making that happen? Well, I guess we start by looking at those mighty words, do unto others as you would have them do unto you.
1: Now, what does that mean? Maybe we should look at all the words. Do. Unto others. Okay,
0: so treat other people as you would like them to treat you. Now, that's where things get sexy because so many times people will say things such as, Well, I'm never going to be in that situation, I would never be in that situation. And they use that as a justification for treating that being differently than they would want to be treated if they were in that situation. So I saw this film the other day, and it was about a young girl who had had her nose cut off by her father, by her husband and maybe her father-in-law, with the approval of her father, who had given her a way to be uh, a wife when she was 12 years old. Now, obviously, that did not occur in this country. Now, we all know there's a lot of dynamics there that do not sound like very humane treatment of another being. This young lady detailed a life of being beaten up and and just abused, and when she ran away, the ultimate. Most of her ears were cut off and her nose was cut off. What a challenge. What a true challenge to be now in that desperate situation. And yet she rose up and she ran away. So we've got a lot of issues there, folks. We really do. Now, most of us do not have those kind of issues in our lives. In fact, those issues make the paltry, he said, she said kind of stuff not so important. They really do. So what are we going to do in a situation like this? I can tell you straight up, if we go into that situation acting as though not allowing ourselves to see the traditions behind what was done, we will hit resistance and we will have war. So now, how would I want someone to talk to me, to treat me? if I were engaged in that conduct in order to help me see that it is not humane. Now, I know there's a paradox here because I think that we all would automatically say, well, if you're doing that, then you would know straight up that this is not how you would want to be treated. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So how do we go about delivering that message? How do we go about awakening that conscience? How do we go about getting people to look at their own conduct? without attaching it to a religion, without attaching it to some rightness, without attaching it to a way that things have been done forever? How do we go about doing that? Let me tell you, in my job, I hear continuously from people about, well, that's the way we've always done it. And I go, that's great. You know what? I'm not judging how you've always done it. I'm just saying, let's try it this way. Wow, but in asking people to change who they are, look at, if somebody comes to you and says, change what you've learned your entire life, you are going to resist that. You are going to feel challenged. You are going to become angry, and you are probably not going to be your highest self. But if instead somebody comes to you and has the audacity is brave enough to model something different. To model something different than than hate which has transformed into hating a human being as opposed to hating what that human does. What a huge dichotomy it is to ask us to separate the human from the behavior. But if we do not start separating the human from the behavior, we are going to be trapped in constant chaos. So we need to start small. And we need to start so small that we start just with our own selves. It is hard for me to teach people not to hit if I hit. Now, there are gradations of hitting. There's no doubt about it. The ultimate gradation of hitting is to hold someone down and cut their nose off and their ears. And is that reprehensible? You know what? It is to me. And would I speak out against that? I think I am. But do I think that I am going to be able to change that behavior by condemning it and the people who practice it? I do not. I think that by doing that, we entrench them in the violence of it. But I believe that change is possible, and I believe that change occurs not by one, in one generation. I just heard the other day that women are going to be allowed to drive in Saudi Arabia. That didn't happen with one generation. That did not. So change does not have to be immediate and we need to look not at accepting the behavior but at modeling the converse of the behavior that we disapprove of. If we tell someone this is wrong to treat another person this way and then in turn we treat that person in a way that is equally violent or perhaps not equally, maybe it's gradated down we're going to be in trouble, and we're seeing that in our prison systems. I don't know what the solution is for the negative energy that is storming around this planet except one thing, and I believe that one thing is kindness and love to one another. I will share with you a story that was told to me recently, and and I, I know that there's a truth in that story. It's a life truth, and it works. It works. You know what? If we had commercials, this would be the place I'd say, let's take a commercial because I am going to take a drink of water. Excuse me. I'm not sure which is worse, to take time to have a drink of water or instead to cough in your ear. So here we go. What's the story? The story is of, of a person who is experiencing, who is a kind person. Not perfect, just kind. Um, he has his moments when he is not so kind. He has his moments when he has temper flare-ups periodically. Uh, but those are rare. For the most part, he's a fairly level guy and he just goes through life wanting to do his job and wanting to be respected for the person that he is, for the job that he does at work. And then he wants to leave work and he wants to come home and he wants to do what he does with his family and and feel good about that also. He's a kind man. But he was really broken up because recently at work he found that he was being judged as someone different than he was. He was being put down, he was being challenged, his uh, work was being questioned when there was nothing to question, and his work was being reduced. Now, he worked in an environment where he needed the retirement in order to provide security for his family, and he needed the income, and so he became silent, He just kept going in and kept doing his best with whatever was placed on his desk throughout the day. And when that was done, he would leave. And then he would go home. But unfortunately, suddenly when he was going home, his home was being affected by the morose attitude that he had arising from being at work. And yet when anyone would call him at work, when they would engage him at work, May I say that engage him at work again. So in essence, when he was called upon, this man was kind. So if someone asked him something, he was very, very careful to thank people for joining the team, to thank people for their contributions, to show appreciation to others. And people looked at him askew because they thought he was fake. They thought he was fake because he was kind. What is, where is that coming from, my friends? They thought he was fake because he was kind. Isn't that a statement of what, about what we've allowed the norm to be? It's weak to be kind, it's strong to be aggressive. And violent, it's strong to be challenging aggressively. That's strength. And kindness is weakness. And yet each and every person who's listening out there today knows, or who listens there with another, knows as a matter of fact, absolutely 100% in a world where kindness is frowned upon or looked upon as weakness, it takes great strength to nonetheless persevere with kindness and as this guy let's call him Jake began living this world at work he would come home and he would meditate he would pray he would put the people who were causing the stressors in his life in a order in front of him and their places would change Periodically. But the one thing that did not change for Jake is that each day he would send to each and every one of these people that were at that point in his life oppressors for him. He would send to those people wishes that they could have everything that he wanted for himself in life love, companionship, safety, financial security, being valued, being treated kindly, being treated thoughtfully. And each and every time that he would find himself beginning to build a hard, thought about those people, who were treating him poorly, who were completely ignoring the person he was, he would go through the same, same chant. And there were some days and some times when he was doing that all of the time throughout the day as he was attempting to get his work accomplished. And whenever anyone would call and engage with him, he would treat them with kindness. And this went on for year after year after year. And then finally, and this is the point of the story. He said, Mara, you wouldn't believe it.
1: I am getting
0: I am building a team in my workplace. I am building a team and I am seeing that the people are treating me the way they want to be treated because I treat them the way I want to be treated. If I were them, So he sees the hardship of being an employee. He recognizes he's going to his Job. He recognizes they are all going to their jobs. Remember the book of Job, God is always with us is one message. And the second message in the book of Job is we don't have control over anything but ourselves. And when we go to our Job's, Somebody is telling us what to do, and we that means we're even losing control of ourselves to go with the common good of our employer. And the ultimate success that caused him to tell me his ultimate success was this last week. As he was reaching out to work with someone, and there were some people within his place of business who were more outspoken than others about their dislike of him, their distrust of him, their belief that he was fake, that no one could be kind like that, that no one could care about other people like that, that this was all a game. And I guess perseverance pays off when it really is who you are because about a month ago he got an email from a naysayer about him, but the best accomplishment of all was this last week he got an email that said, I give you my heartfelt thanks for all that you've done here today. From someone who absolutely appeared to detest him three month, three years ago. So he made it. He made it to the place where no matter how other people are, he stayed true to himself, and in the process, he awakened in others. He modeled for others the idea that you treat people the way you want to be treated, if you were that person. So God forbid that we would ever be that person who would consider cutting someone's nose off that we would ever be that person who would consider cutting another person's ears off. But how would we want to be treated if we grew up in a culture where that was okay, if we were being encouraged to do that by people around us who said it was okay and it was somehow given a religiosity of being okay? With those characteristics, how would we want to be treated? And if we can come to that core, and I don't have the answer, but if together we can work through kindness to come to that place of realization, to see that point when that person was taught this was okay, to see more in that person than they are showing us. If we can come to that place then there is hope for our planet that we will not destroy each other. In mindless violence, and there is hope for each and every one of us that in our workplaces, in our families, in our churches, in our lives, we will know the peace, the absolute peace, total peace of kindness unconditional love grounded not in people making themselves who we want them to be but in our accepting people for who they are in our seeing more in that person than they are showing us And no matter what they show us, in our developing a mark within ourselves beyond which we will not go, a place that gives us peace. And I can tell you that when I try to start each day from a place of peace, I find my day tends to be a place of peace, even when I am going to my job. I refuse to take on the negative energy of others, but instead aim to be the positive reflection of who I am, of who I choose to be. I try to be kind Even in the face of unkindness, that is the challenge. But I can guarantee to you if we can live that message, there will be a cataclysmic change in the world. And that orb of love will be manifested. I'd like to lead us through a guided meditation, if I may, and I'd like to select a piece of music for that that is going to involve us letting go of, I think this piece will take us almost to the end. It's going to be called, the music is called, I lost it. Sorry. I'm looking for a journey.
1: Excuse me. I had
0: a little issue with... um, Here we go, Pathless Journey. This is a little bit longer than we have left in the show, but I'm going to go ahead and leave it on because that's what we're on. I'm going to go ahead and play it, and then I'll stop the show when the show is done and and break the music before it ends. It's called Pathless Journey, and it's by uh, Kobayaka. And I have started it. what I would like you to do, ideally you've been sitting here today holding the hand of God beside you, as you understand God to be, and holding the hand of a fellow listener's God. And we always leave space for more to join us throughout the week and the weeks if there's a break in the program. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to sit And for a moment, we're just going to take three deep breaths together. Excuse me. (laughs) There's nine minutes left in the show. I'm going to save one minute for closing out. So that means we're going to spend the next eight minutes meditating together to awaken in ourselves the kindness that is innately there. We are also, during this eight-minute period, we are going to be developing a forgiveness of ourselves for all that we have done in the past. So that as we go forward, we can withstand other people thinking we're faked by being kind. We can withstand the judgments that being kind is soft and uncaring. We can be strong when we need to be and there will be times when we will step off into the chaos of life. But when all is said and done, we will be kind. We will always struggle to bring every situation back to kindness. So let us take in our first breath up the front of your calves Your thighs crossing over and bringing fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting, divinely inspired breath, and breathing out. Another breath, a little longer. Breathing in. The front of the calf, up the front of the thighs, crossing over, fearless. We're igniting our divining rod, our chakras. Creative, healing, loving, manifesting forgiving, manifesting. Divinely infused and inspired breath. As you breathe out, breathe out, I am
1: love. Now breathe in,
0: I am kind. As you pull the breath at the front of your chest, your thighs, you cross over fearless, create, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting, and manifest the orb so the room around you is infused with your divine light that is ignited by your holding hands with God on either side and as you are in this zone of manifestation feel the pressure of God holding your hand and feel the kindness that flows from God to you the unconditional love from the God that you know and from the God that your neighbor knows as you feel the pulsating energy of love going through you The kindness, the loveness, the godness. And now, what I invite you to do at this moment is to go to a place that is beautiful and peaceful for you. A safe place. And as you arrive there, call to you the people to whom you have been unkind. And as they come to you, the ultimate act of kindness is to request forgiveness. As the line moves slowly, toward you. Reach out and in your trio of you and God ask them to forgive you. And in your heart forgive your sense of rightness that caused your unkind behavior. Breathing in I am caught. Breathing out I am lost. As each person comes to you, invite them to join our group. Time is standing still. No matter how long or short the line is, it's exactly right. As you look at these people, some of them are aged since you saw them. Some have not. Some of what you're forgetting And asking forgiveness for seems so long and so old, but for some reason it is a part of you still. Allow the line to wind down, loving, hugging, forgiving, and being forgiven. There's some simple, simple little Transient type moments between kindness and unkindness that you have carried within you, and they are part of the line, too. Embrace and forgive. Embrace and accept forgiveness. Feel the orb that is in the room that you are creating growing lighter and lighter. As each person joins the circle and as you get lighter, feel your body forgiving and being forgiven, getting so light that it is floating. It's up. It is alive. It is well. You are blessed. You are lifting as you are getting lighter, and the light within the orb is getting brighter. Feel the line as it comes to closure, exemplifying the space that you love, full of energy and brightness. And now manifest that energy and brightness into your life so that no matter how someone comes toward you, you will endeavor as much as possible to be kind back. And when you are not, you will ask for forgiveness and you will forgive yourself and you will know joy and love. Start unwinding and finishing your last breath. Feel the presence of God with you and keep God with you always. You are loved and I appreciate your inviting me into your home. I encourage you when you come from the place, how would I want to be treated if I were that person? Judgment tends to go by the wayside. Namaste and peace be with you until next week.